Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Dishes Podcast with me, Julie Smith. Now, what's one of the trickiest ingredients to prepare? Top of many cooks' lists would be the globe artichoke. In fact, many people avoid the task altogether. At the height of the artichoke season in the summer, I asked chef Stephen Edwards to talk through how it's done and to explain how many master chef and professionals a few years ago changed his life and prompted him to open his own restaurant, the acclaimed Etch, in Brighton and Hove, now winning its own Stephen explains why he loves fine dining cooking and why he's determined to improve the working life of his chefs. He started by taking me back to the breakfast of my child. The dish we're doing today is our take on a dippy egg and soldiers. I love that nostalgic feel um, in, in the restaurant um, and the dish is a lot more than that. So we've got slow cooked uh, hen's egg yolk which we cook at 64 degrees for an hour uh, serve with some little toasted brioche fingers uh, and then the star of the show is artichokes which are banging season at the moment. We get them from the UK uh, and we just do those in various different ways and finish with basil. So egg and soldiers has always been a staple as I grew up. It's a, it's a quick easy humble dish and i think it's british you know looking looking back on it i love british food i think it's a a british um dish that never really gets mentioned or we always talk about fish and chips pie and mash egg and soldiers is is up there when it's when it's done right and uh, yeah it is it is and uh, we've actually got the egg dish on all year round as well so a simple dish but a little bit technical as well yeah and it looks great i mean a lot of things a lot about your food is to do with what it looks like isn't it it's a it's a joy i mean the journey of food is what you come here for yeah yeah and i think i mean i want the food to be artistic you know i think that's that that's the first thing the guest sees that it was when i worked with raymond blanc that you know it's your job as a chef to take those ingredients and elevate them uh, and make them you know worthwhile for the for the guests i mean we can all do humble simple cooked food but people aren't going to pay money for that and they want to have that experience from the taste from the decor from the service all the way to what the food looks like and tastes like and there's a lot of synergy isn't there between art and food i mean in a lot of restaurants you see great art on the wall that's right we're no different and you know we wanted to open up with with different artists we've got our private dining room downstairs which we work with magnus uh, going and uh, you know i did research into it and even like in the days of pablo picasso he was swapping uh, art in restaurants for for michelin starred foods and i think there's always going to be that synergy between our guests and spending money in our restaurant and also spending money on art that they appreciate yeah. there's a there's a good absolutely good right let's get on with it so the artichokes, yeah, these, like I said, the beautiful artichokes, a lot of people are like, daunted by them. Um, but all we're going to do is just remove the outer, outer leaves, first of all. And these just like snap 
back. You can hear them snapping. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit lengthy, I suppose, but we're just working our way round the artichoke. But great food is not about cutting corners. It's about taking time. It's about going the extra mile, isn't it? 100%. Like, everything we, 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 we get in, we want to take it from, from the beginning of its journey uh, all the way up to, to the guest eating it at, at the end. But... I don't know, like, even on MasterChef, I loved using artichokes. I think they're just such a, a unique flavour. Um, it's something straight away that people aren't going to do at home. So that's always, that's always a benefit yeah. as well for someone that wants to eat out in, in restaurants. Yeah. It's that they want a different experience than they can create themselves. And it gives us a bit of time to find out about your journey from MasterChef. Yeah, oh, thank you, yeah. So, 2013... Uh, it, you've been on a bit of a journey since winning MasterChef. We'll talk about how terrifying MasterChef was in a second. Yeah. But actually, what a meteoric rise you've had since. Yeah, I, I mean, I just wanted to do um, that platform justice. Uh, I think winning a show like that, it really made me change perspective on, uh, on my career. I was, I was happy. I was head chef of a five-star hotel. and uh, that after was South Lodge. That was South Lodge. And, um, you know, that was my dream job, in all fairness. And I feel guilty for saying, but it... It made me push myself a lot harder. It made me think, actually, what do I want for my career? And I think any young chef will say they would love to have their own restaurant, doing their own food in their own environment. And that's exactly what I've got here. So I do feel very lucky that I've, um, I've got the starting point now of what I'm trying to push on here at Edge. Yeah, and we should talk about your age. I mean, you were the youngest ever MasterChef winner at 26, yes, weren't you? Yes, that's correct. I mean, it takes a hell of a lot to be a MasterChef winner. It takes experience. It also takes flair. How do you have that? at 26 or how did you have that at 26 I, I, I mean there's been a, there's been a younger younger winner with Craig Johnson since and I'm astonished that he's done it I think he was like 21 um, but uh, I think I mean for me it was just taking it round by round I wasn't thinking about all of the things that made you a chef I was literally treating it like a competition you know that could be football you, you have to take it in each in each round listen to the judges feedback and you know I'm very competitive I just wanted to wanted to win and um it gave me confidence uh, after the show. But it's about, you know, winning isn't just about being the best. It's about having some extra, some yes. X factor. Yeah. Where do you think you got that from? I got into cooking from eating. And I love to eat. And, again, it was just meeting chefs. You know, I spoke about um, Raymond Blanc earlier. When I met up with John Campbell, he said his bit, best advice he gave me was to cook food that you love to eat. And I know that sounds obvious, but when you become a chef, you don't always think like that. You're almost like in the, in the process of just creating dishes. And uh, I definitely use that advice on MasterChef. I did dishes that I love to eat at that time of year and that I would enjoy in a restaurant. And I think it's then once you've got those flavour combinations, you can elevate them into more technical dishes. Yeah, and, also and, it's, and that's exactly the same as how we've done this dish. You know, you've got egg and soldiers, you know, which I feed to my kids at home. We're taking something that everyone's had at some point in their life but just try to elevate it make it into a restaurant dish and make it different and tasty yeah and you eat with your eyes clearly so let's see how you transform this dish into something that is utterly beautiful as well as incredibly tasty so i've taken the artichoke back uh just until the the, like the bulb of the of the choke it's about halfway down where you see the leaves starting to go to go flat um into the bud and then all we're going to do from there is like cut it you, using the stem as, as your handle I see a lot of chefs take that off first but I like to keep that as a handle mm-hmm. and then we're going to come straight down and that's a beautiful beetroot colour inside yes and then as we're cutting we get in part of the choke now this is 
this is in, inedible and we're just going to use a spoon to, to cut that out. It's a bit difficult at first, but once you get in there, and it's literally, it's, it's strange, it's almost like, um, almost it's like, like dandelion yes. flour, isn't it? You know straight away that needs to, to, be, to be removed. So you're working with the, the ingredients that you've got and you're getting the best out of it. So you're creating a lovely little nest in kind of the base of the artichoke. We use these artichokes whole to make a puree. That's already been done for us. But this element, we're going to like thinly slice and make artichoke crisps, which are really easy to do at home. And also slice a little bit thicker uh, for artichokes that we, we like poach um, in almost like an, an oil vinaigrette. So again, again, like part of that classic... Barry Gould, but just done in a different way. I love the idea that you think that people make artichoke crisps at home. No, Do but, they? Though? No, but I, I mean, I'm just trying to make it more more accessible. And no, it, but I mean, actually, the people who... I mean, you're packed out here pretty much every night now, aren't you? Yeah, every, every night we're fully booked. Um, there are a lot of people in Brighton and Hove, as well as people who come down every weekend, who really are fascinated in how you cook and I wonder if they do take those ideas home and do make those artichoke crisps well, you do they get the feedback yeah we do and I, got, I had someone on Twitter literally yesterday asking me whether it's worthwhile just buying artichokes and um, oil that are already marinated from the supermarket or to get them in I said just get them in and try there's no harm in buying buying it and looking at YouTube videos that's the beauty of YouTube now you can find out how to do anything and even I look at look at ways to uh to prepare to prepare ingredients yeah. because I think it's uh, sometimes reading something or listening sometimes you just need to see it in action to to give you confidence in how to do it yeah and I wonder if the the, the rise and rise of the, the your type of restaurant the very good looking food is to do with how many people are watching fantastic recipes on Instagram and social media and just you know salivating over the beauty of it yeah, I think I think now there's, it's the cookery shows as well, and uh, maybe we're in a time where there's too many shows on food. But you know what's a good place to be? Let's yeah. let's be honest with all the social media associated with like reality TV stars. Actually, cooking is what we all want to do, and, and it's good for you, and it's good for your for your health and well being. Yeah. So I, I don't see there's anything wrong with it. And if that inspires people to go home and cook an artichoke at home, then I think that's great. Exactly. So, right, where we're at. So we scooped out the middle, uh, and now we're going to take off that, that handle, the top. And then we're just going to slowly just shape. So keeping the knife flat. So you're shaping that... Uh, the we're just going as close to... Artichoke. Yeah, we're just going as close as we can to, um, to just get rid of those leaves. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you can't eat any of that. No. Um, and, again, we're just looking at the colour as well. We're just trying to get rid of the dark, the dark green, expose it back to the light. So it's a, it's a plate you're making here, really, isn't it? It is, and it's a shame that we're then going to like slice, slice that down. But yeah, traditionally, um, again, when we when we cook them for a puree as well, we we don't um, cook them in, in water. Yeah. What we do is put this into like a citric acid solution. So um, instead of lemon juice, we just use it's one uh, percent, so one gram of. Uh, citric acid powder which you can buy uh, and then 100 um, 100 grams or 100 milliliters of water just mixed together and it just keeps the color the reason we're not going to put this into there today is because we're literally going to slice it straight away for our two for our two elements mm. what are you going to do with all that waste all that the waste uh no we actually um 
I mean, it's not obviously a stock would be great, but we, we use a company called Pale Green Dot. So we separate our food waste, so vegetable waste, and also their meat and fish waste, and it goes off into, into composting. Uh, which again is good, good for the environment. What most chefs do these days? They do, and I think it's a big, a big part of it yeah. is uh, a where your food comes from, but also where does the waste and leftovers go as well? Yeah, it's a circular economy. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about being listed in the top hundred restaurants in the UK. How does that feel? Yeah, I'm, I'm still taken back by it. It was always an ambition of ours to to be a restaurant of that level, and whoever judges that, that could be our guests, uh, it could be our peers. Or, or even ourselves, we just wanted to be of that elk and to be listed at 66, I thought um, it completely blew us away and if anything we're just trying to put Brighton and Hove or Hove on the, on the food map. Little, you look, yeah, little the, Fish Market came in there as well. Little Fish as well, which I'm great friends with Duncan and I think together we're, we're pushing each other. I think um, at the beginning when I said I was setting up here I think it's a bit nervous. You know, I don't think he, he I don't know, I think he does want it but he does completely fish dishes. We, we're doing a tasting menu that's very different to his food as well. So I think we've got an option there for someone that's travelling down from, from far afield to come down, have dinner with us on a Friday, Saturday night, and, and make a weekend of it in Brighton and Hope. Yeah, right. If you've got a lot of money, then you can yes. have a real gourmet weekend you here. Can. But it is expensive, isn't it? Yeah. It's not as expensive as London, obviously. Yeah. But it is very expensive to eat in you know, yes, really good food. To eat here, uh, you know, um, it's about £120 a head on average, including VAT. And VAT is a big thing that no one talks about in the food industry that I think needs to change. That's, that's 20%. Like, the, the £20 on the 100 is is going to... The, t- the tax man yeah. uh, and then we've got you know to run a restaurant um, it's difficult nowadays uh, restaurants don't make the profits of a lot of companies but we're always the ones that get criticised almost oh that's very expensive for food or you know well, or it's you need, an aspirational you need to, hobby to, isn't it to yeah. eat out uh, but even if you're going to like patty and bun or something you know it's not cheap to have a burger nowadays and I think that's where um, things just are put into perspective but I wouldn't use the word expensive. I, I always use the word value for money because you're getting you're getting a lot. You know, we've got a team of five chefs, five waiters. It's only thirty guests that eat here, um, so you've literally got a uh, chef and a waiter for for six for six guests, yeah. and uh, we're there to look after you. Let's get back to our egg yes. and soldiers. So our egg and soldiers. So we're now using a mandolin, which you need to be really careful uh, with using. Yes, it's a great utensil, but it's quite lethal if you're not careful. I know, and I found out the hard way the other <laughs> oh, day. You, really? Well, not the other day, it was a couple of months ago now. But uh... So that artichoke bottom yeah. is now absolutely stripped of its handle, of its, uh, of its hard And there's quite skin. a lot of wastage, you're right. Um, but the actual the flavours all in this, this is completely edible now, so we could just like cook that slowly in yeah. oil, um, but we're going to do it two, two ways. Mandolining it, beautiful thin slices. So these are the the, the thicker slices, basically, that we're gonna we're gonna poach in the oil. And then we're gonna just tune it down a little bit. I don't know if you noticed, but we like now label each of the courses. Yeah. So we've got uh, like vegetable, shellfish, meat, cheese, fruit, chocolate. And we just try and make that um, that I don't know, like the British larder, and then do a different dish. Um, each month so the egg we, we mix between duck and hen eggs at the moment next year I want to try and push it out and do like girls eggs and, uh, and pheasant eggs as well again like Brit- things that are like in Britain but sometimes overlooked because we don't use enough of what's, what's on our doorstep I think I think as a country we're very we just get stuck in a rut 
And we use the same things. Like I think it was, you know, we use like five fish mainly. I think ninety percent of the fish we eat are between like cod, haddock, crab, and yeah. prawns. Yeah. It's and, yeah, and salmon. Well, it's, we have to, you know, we have to take what's available in the sea while yeah. the stocks are high. Yeah, and I think that uh, variety is is really important. Mm. So our thin slices, we're literally just going to season with uh, with salt. Now the reason we do this for for our crisps is because we want to draw out any any water in there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we're just laying them on a tray. We've got a mold and sea salt. And uh, basically, within 10 minutes, we come back to it and it'll be in a little puddle of water. We then wash that and squeeze it out before frying. It also seasons uh, the artichokes as well before, before frying, which is, a, which is handy and consistent. Salt is such an extraordinary ingredient, isn't it? I, I love it. We don't use any pepper in the restaurant. Now, that's really unusual. Um, we don't use any spice because I think it can almost overpower uh, ingredients. Whereas I want... As they're worded on the menu, we use two main ingredients, and I just really want those two ingredients to shine. Um, and most people are amazed at that when I say we don't use pepper, but we do use salt, but in moderation. I think that's important. We're gonna, remember, we're going to wash this off, um, so it's drawing the water out, concentrating the flavour, and then making it able to be like fried and crispy. Yeah, it's it's a very sublime experience. Your dining journey. Um, I mean, the the, the flavours are very beautiful very yeah. elegant yeah. but actually quite subtle yeah yeah I, I, I think it's it's important to like i said bring out those flavors but also like create we want to create a journey like each dish is very different um from from the one before because we are just sectioning it off into two two ingredients as you go along and you know by the end of the meal on, on the nine course menu you've had like 18 18 different flavors yeah. of of britain that are in season at that time we're trying to give you the best product or the best produce at that moment in time. Right. So we've got uh, artichoke salt in. We're then just going to get our artichoke slices that we've um, done quite thick. So those are the right ones, the ones at the bottom? Yes, the so we did some, some thick, some thin, mm-hmm. and we're just going to get a little bit of uh, pomisol. That's olive oil, is it? 
Yeah, it's olive, but we use um, it's called like a pomace, so it's it's not too strong. What I do love using like olive oil, but it's got to be right when it becomes like in the peppery. I don't know if it's me. Maybe I don't like pepper. But I don't like really strong oils because I want again the flavour of the artichoke mm. to come to come through. And you're putting that cold on the... It's cold on the artichokes, and we're going to bring that up to, to temperature. Again, we don't want to fry it in the oil. We're literally just going to, like, cook the artichoke. Because they've already thinly sliced, we're just going to cook them quite um, low, but, but fully cooked as well. Interesting. OK. A little bit of salt. And uh, a cider vinegar in there as well. Now, that bread over there, while that's, that, while yeah. that's cooking, that bread over there, did you make that? No, so we use, um, we obviously make our Marmite brioche, which is, which is my signature dish. So we make that in-house. Um, we get our sourdoughs and our brioche loaves from Flowerpot Bakery in Brighton, who, again, we use from the start, absolutely love their products. Um, don't get me wrong, in, in a few years' time, I want to be making all of that in-house. But uh, I'm really conscious of the balance as well between um, how much time the chefs are spending here. So even though we're a four-day-a-week operation... Um, we're, we're still on like between 50 and 60 hours yeah. which I know it's, it's, it's not the future it's not the future yeah, yeah. I mean don't, when, I, when I was training it was we're lucky if it was like under 90 oh but I think that that helped my development into yeah. where I am today right. whereas now there's a lot of competition you can work in two star restaurants and work 50 hours a week mm. and I think that's where where the industry is moving um, to try and make it fair you know give them an actual life because I missed a lot um, which I'm trying to catch up with now, but I think it's important to. It's, well, it has to be. The industry has to change to be a, a career-minded um, but, industry. Absolutely, but also all the inspiration must come from life. Surely, it's what we were saying about art before. You can imagine old Picasso being stuck in a studio all the time. No, he was out there living his life. It's a hard balance because I do look at it both both ways because we're quite we're a young industry as well. Not in terms of the length the industry has been running, but most chefs are head chefs now between 28 yeah. and 32. You know, and that's generally 10 years of... So if you start at 16, yeah. you'd be head chef at 26. So it's 10 years. But I think... I do worry sometimes that if we bring the hours down to 50, which is, you know, just over half the hours, that it could be then... Are we saying it's going to be 20 years before you get head chef? Because you've got impatience in there as well. Because uh, what you're learning in those 50 hours... Um, isn't the same as what you learn in 90. But I you're right, you've got your life experience on the I'm other I'm looking at all those fantastic yeah. chefs, like Josh Katz and people yes, like that, who yeah. travel around the world, that's, you know, who take But I think out. that's because they're... St- yeah, but are they taking time out? They're still learning about their career, exactly. aren't they? So I think, you're, I think there's a balance in there. If you're invested in your career, if, you, if you're just going, and, uh, just going out and getting drunk every night, you're probably yeah, not going to do yeah. your career any good. But by travelling, learning, eating out in restaurants, like I said, I was inspired by eating. Yeah. And um, that's what got me into cooking, is uh, my love of eating... Good, like not just good food, all types of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with these little brioche, uh, we just cut them into fingers, um, and we're basically going to oil the tray, and we're also oiling the, the brioche. So we want like a really nice, I don't know, like. So you're doing that with your little pastry brush. I know, yeah. Um, again, a little bit of salt mm-hmm. on the brioche face down onto the oil tray and they're cut into little soldiers that's right I mean that's that's the base of the dish egg and soldiers they're, they're going to go in the oven for four minutes mm-hmm. could you grill them A- absolutely I just find when you see it when they come out they're they're nice and crunchy on the outside but soft on the middle and I think that's important so if we're going to grill 
make sure we do it both sides in the oven we just have to do it okay. on, on the one yeah. I mean the colour of artichoke I think that's what puts people off as well is that you haven't got a lot of time mm. but the most classic way is just like get a lemon cut it in half squeeze it and rub it all over the over the artichokes I mean, just for the, the purpose of this, we're doing a dish like really quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to go through that process. If we're doing like 10 artichokes, 100% you're going to yeah. need to citric acid them or, or lemon juice them. Yeah. So while we wait for those artichokes to, um, to do their thing, tell well, me, yeah. what's the next 10 years going to hold for you? The next 10 years... I mean, that's a, that's a big question. And, uh, you know, I just want to be successful in restaurants. Um, Will you stay and, here? Yeah, I want, I want to. Like, Hove is um, where well, I see a massive opportunity. I love the people here. I get a great um, rapport from them. And you're an ambitious young man. I you know, am. I you've won MasterChef. You've got your yeah. fantastic restaurant really quickly. Yeah. You're in the top 100. You're number 66, you know, in the top 100. I mean, that is amazing. It is. But I think, I mean, when it comes to location, I'm, you know, I love like, what Paul Ainsworth's done. You know, he's taken an area and he's become synonymous with that area. I think sometimes when you go to London, you can almost be like a flash in the pan. Um, and I'm not being disrespectful to any chefs there because... To make it in London, you have got to be hugely yeah. talented. But you almost hear about chefs like every like three or four years. Who's the chef to watch out yeah. for? They have their three or four years, and then they don't become bad chefs or bad restaurants. But they just like the restaurants are just there, yeah. you know. Whereas I think um, by having an area of the country, I think you're you're buying people into that um, into your concept. You've then got your local support, but also people will come down and visit yeah. Hove. It's a it's a destination. It's like London on sea. Yeah. Uh, so King we're of Hove, then. We're trying to get King the, of Hove, that's yeah, where you can Yeah, I'd share it with, uh, <laughs> with Duncan. You know, we, we just want to... We just want to do, you know, this area proud. And yeah. like, when we go back to the top 100, I mean, I was looking at it. It's almost shameful that, um, you know, between Sussex, Surrey and Kent, um, I think it was the sportsman, us and, and Duncan. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of foodies in those areas. There's a lot of people that, and I know what everyone's going to say. Oh, it's easy to get on a train to go to London, but is it easy to get on a train to go to London nowadays? That's the problem. You can't get back, and with all the delays, it's actually helping us as as restaurants. And it's so expensive. Yeah. um, So, uh, and everyone wants to come to the seaside. Yeah, maybe not on a windy November evening, but in the in the summer. It's, it's lovely to be here with our with our restaurant with the windows, and you can bring up your kids in a lovely place by the sea. That's that's absolutely right. I think I think more and more people are staying and settling in in Hove and sub- suburban uh, Britain. Yeah, yeah. Little fingers uh, should be done. Beautiful. We see there, so yeah, we've got a nice lovely. little glaze on the top. Now these, we just serve them in our little dishes with um, with a bit of hay in there as well yes I love the hay where'd that idea come from yeah, that came from um, I saw Ben I saw Ben Murphy do it at Launceston Place and I actually liked it without like copying directly um, I just think there's that I don't know that nostalgia again we, we used to see an eggs in hay egg and soldiers also I mean I haven't done it here but we keep this we keep the hay in the bowl warm under the lights now we all know that toast or brioche fingers or whatever it is um, they, they go go cold quickly so by keeping this warm keeping the hay warm um, it, it gets to the table nice and hot so the thinner shavings of the artichokes are going in a pan yeah with the with the water and the salt 
Yeah, so we're just going to cover them in uh, cold water, then squeeze them out with a, with a clean yeah. J cloth. Um, and by that, we're literally squeezing every little bit out of it, so they, they're as dry as possible before they go in the fryer. Mm-hmm. So our artichokes are squeezed out. Uh, oil, ignore the temperature there. It's, uh, it's about between it's about 175 is what we want it. Um, like I said, it's important that the artichokes are dry as well. We don't want to be adding water to, to our oil. And we're going to fry them until it stops bubbling, essentially. Uh-huh. So it's bubbling because the, the liquid's coming out of the artichoke, any remaining liquid. Um, and then we know they're going to be crispy once the, the bubbles have stopped. And it's well, as simple as that. It Maybe it takes about a minute. incredibly easy to make artichoke crisps. I know. It sounds a bit middle class. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and that's uh, what I'm worried about now. But we did say we we're going to elevate the egg and soldiers. Not into a different class. But I think, like I said, I, I just love the unique taste of these uh, this, this ingredient that's not readily used in the UK. Yeah, and it's yeah, been so grown in the UK now as well. And that's really important. It's always been associated with a Mediterranean ingredient. Um, but I think now we can we can say it's... Uh, Presumably it's you can make that with any root vegetable, beetroot... Yes, and this is how my mind works, and your mind works as someone that loves food as a, as a chef. You start thinking, actually, would it be good with, with beetroot? Yeah. Me, egg and beetroot, it's not playing nicely in my head. I think... Um, it might do. I, I might don't know. Try it, yeah, but yeah. but that's the difference. Like that's for me as a chef. Yeah. It probably works brilliantly. Yeah. Um, but I just like more like creamy ingredients. Like with the art- the creamy artichoke puree, we got the like the glossy um, egg yolk. Um, that's, that's what I'm looking for yeah. in the dish. Yeah, I was looking at the colours in my head. Oh, mm. see, that's. A, I think you've got to go with flavour first, yeah. and then I know we've got we've got the beautiful basil oil to finish this dish as well. So we've got our soldiers. We've got our crisps. Got a little bit of puree here as well. And no, the puree is the artichoke puree. Artichoke puree. So when we get to that stage where we scooped out all the all the fluff, we literally just uh, just cook them in in oil, in hot oil for this one. Um, so bring them up to I think it's about 120 degrees, and then just cook them at drop it down to 110 and cook them for about 20 minutes at that temperature. If you cook them any higher, you start getting coloration because uh, we'll see in a minute the puree is nice and. I don't know, it's a neutral, like, creamy colour rather yeah. than a dark grey yeah. um, colour for the puree. Yeah. And just puree it with a, a blender? Puree with a blender makes, again, I see a lot of people at home, they literally just blend things for 10 seconds. It's got to be a minute to two minutes. Blend it with cream and butter. That gives a nice gloss on there as well. Or some chefs at the moment are making like more of an emulsion with oil. So instead of your um, cream and butter, you can add oil, again, as a healthy alternative. Yeah. But you just want it smooth and glossy, and you shouldn't need to pass it off either. But, saying that, I always would with artichoke, just in case any of those little um, bits of fluff I've got in there, because they won't puree down. Yeah. We're literally going to start plating now. So the eggs are cooked for an hour uh, in the shell, uh, in the water bath at 64 degrees. We just crack them open and put them in the egg yolks into oil to, to, to basically have what ready kind of for... Oil? So again, just normal pomace oil, not quite a neutral. We don't want any like flavour on there. But again, I don't want to put them into water either because I think that, that lets the flavour down um, on, on the egg yolks. So first of all, I'm going to put the artichoke puree on the dish. I'm just making a little well for the egg yolk to, to sit on top. I've then got my poached artichokes that I'm just going to layer over the top with some um, toasted pine nuts, the artichoke crisps, fresh basil and basil oil to finish. A little bit of seasoning on the egg yolk as well. And we're done. We've got the little brioche finger to, to dip in. Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast. Next week, I'll be back for the last in the series of Be A Better Cook with one of the most influential chefs in modern British food, Marco Pierre-White.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.